welcome to the 10 of those podcasts this is our first episode and my name's rob and i'm here with jonathan carswell will be for every single episode hopefully and uh, jonathan is the ceo of 10 of those and along the way we're going to be looking at all things related to christian reading maybe how you can use your books for evangelism how to read what books you should choose to read how you can create a culture of reading amongst the people around you in your church think about christian reading and hopefully we'll be talking about it and um, this is our first episode we're going to talk about 10 of those how we began that's going to be up to jonathan really to let us know what was happening right at the start there uh should we kick off how you got involved first of all with 10 of those because you don't officially work for 10 of those we wrote you in for the for the podcast though you have been employed by 10 of those in the past so how go on how did we first meet where tell, tell them about our blind date yes yeah <laughs> well yes yeah it's hard not to um not to get emotional thinking about it really <laughs> yeah that's just indigestion i do <laughs> <I'd>, uh, <clears throat> I'd been in ministry for quite a few years. I think probably 15 years I'd been in ministry and I had just come out of a position with the church and it was a challenging time for me. I was, uh, yeah, it was a tough, tough time for me. And I'd come across 10 of those because I'd lived locally. And um, I think somebody had said that you had an events team, people that went around and talked about books. I thought, oh, that sounds pretty good. I reckon I could do that. So I think I called, or maybe I emailed. I can't remember. You, you might, you might. Know I, I think you emailed. Yeah, I mean, did my, I? <laughs> my side of the story was, I got an email from from you, and you're like, "Oh, I'm, uh, I've been a local minister," and um, and in, in my arrogance, I thought, "Well, I, I've not heard of you, so <laughs> you can't be up so much," and. Um, I think it kind of fobbed you off really and said yeah. you know well you know <laughs> i don't know but whatever it was a sort of long arm yeah whatever be in touch uh down the line it was something like that yeah said, did you then say oh well why don't i come and see you sometime and i thought well there's no getting away from this guy so i'll give him 10 minutes and um that uh, isn't that terrible i'm so rude and self-centered yeah it was, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, no, you, you're a lot better now than you used to be the lord has been working on you sure yeah, you, you, definitely, it, you definitely fobbed me off i thought i got an email <laughs> i'm sure you don't send that kind of email to tim keller when he gets in touch <laughs> <laughs> he never gets in touch that's why so, so that how long yeah. ago was that that was what six seven years or longer uh yeah maybe six maybe six years ago um yeah. and yeah you, you after i pursued uh yeah. pursued you twice you <laughs> said well come in then and i really didn't feel like they were giving me much time all the best yeah, all the best friendships start like that yeah that's you it, yeah yeah. Time for me. yeah yeah well you, you gave you gave me an interview and um and that was it really wasn't it you you gave me a job working on the events team and I traveled around. And how for, long did you work? Yeah, how long did you work for 10 of those? Well, it's a, it's a bit it's a, it's a bit blurry around the edges, really. I, it must be four years. It must be four right. years yeah. full time. Yeah. And then I went part time and then we had uh, we had COVID, didn't we? So yeah, I was. Uh, I thought you were going to say yeah. kids, but then um, yeah, yeah. Not we had kids, you had kids, but um, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, and that's, and, well, even yeah. before that, though, Rob, because you and your wife, Katie, have been amazing to us because 
Um, when we went to the States to start 10 of those, we had um, a whole sort of episode, which we can go into perhaps, but um, uh, where we had to come back because of problems with our visa. And um, we then, I think, how long did we live with you? You, you, you very kindly come and come and live in our in our well um, it was about housing. two weeks before christmas or maybe only week it wasn't long before christmas no, and you were homeless and this wasn't that long after you'd been rude to me and i thought well <laughs> what would jesus do I, just right. thought, <laughs> I need to give him a home so yeah yeah it, it, it was probably just two weeks before christmas and you were homeless basically yeah and um, how long did we live with you so we had two two boys who were i think three and two at that point so yeah um, and we got ours who was maybe yeah. six months old was he something like yeah. that and yeah. um yeah i think you were with us for maybe three months something like that or is, yeah. is that a stretch it felt like six <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and uh i mean there were some precious times and because it was it wasn't a great time i don't think kind of well it wasn't a great time in terms of what was going on in our life and you came alongside and loved us and cared for us and were very generous to us um but you were also trying to move house at the time do you remember that so um like every few days it was like right we need to tidy up we've got we've got a house a house viewing or whatever and um uh and try and keep keep a house like that with with small kids plus me uh tidy it was a bit of a nightmare but you managed to persuade somebody to buy it despite us being there which was good but That's then right. right right before you're about to move i was unloading the dishwasher i think trying to be helpful and not succeeding and i didn't tell felicity my wife that i pulled the kind of dishwasher down and she was doing something anyway she stepped back and landed right on the door and broke your dishwasher so broke um, the dishwasher, yeah 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 but anyway it was full of events but um oh, i think we're good, almost great. friends now aren't we we're almost I think friends. so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think so yeah um but no i mean great times great times weren't they and yeah we've seen god's faithfulness haven't we and we've been on Absolutely. the road a lot together yeah. been in that yeah. 10 of those van a lot together and um yeah eating a lot yeah. of late night food together i think is also yeah uh, yeah. yeah probably shared a few um yeah a few small accommodations together as well over the years and things <laughs> yes. yeah been good fun good fun and how great it's been to just work for god's kingdom together as well you know yeah to i think friendships around a purpose is a great thing isn't it and yeah. the purpose to be getting as many books about christ into the hands of as many people as possible is yeah, it's just been wonderful, hasn't it? Well, I think God's been very good over the years of we, you know, we've tried to bring in people who are really good, who who add a different dimension. And I feel um, you're right, it's getting emotional, Rob, but I feel like God's been very good with the team that we've been able to to have. Um, some people have have moved on and they were great for a time, others are still with us and have been with us for over a decade and uh, uh but i do feel we've got a good team who are, are really passionate and buy into what we're trying to uh try, trying to achieve so, yeah yeah well when we edit this let's get somebody to play some music over that bit that <laughs> <nice>. yeah <laughs> so jonathan let's let's go back to the beginning then of 10 of those I, as you say i don't work for 10 of those anymore so um um yeah, yeah i'm asking i'm asking you from from the cold wastelands of the outside of ten of those now. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, well, a stay-at-home dad now, and I want to know how yeah. this all began. Yeah, well, 
I was a youth pastor in Northern Ireland, which is when it kind of officially began. I think it probably starts further back than that, though, in that I began selling books when I was at university, um, at the Christian Union, they had like a, a bookstall rep kind of role if, if somebody wanted to do that. And I kind of got involved in that, probably because I was, I, I got the idea and the vision of, of Christian books, but I also you know, I enjoyed selling and the sort of the wheeler dealer sort of getting a good discount and beating what somebody else could do and this sort of stuff. So there's a little bit of that in me. Um, but then, yeah, when I was a youth pastor, um, I was really just looking for a bit of a hobby, but wanted more, you know, I was playing football for the local team. And I wanted something a bit more than that, something with a bit of, of purpose uh, and drive to it. And so, um, yeah, just thought, well, there's a lot of books out there and how do you know which ones are good? How do you know which ones are going to um, help you in your Christian life? Because there's plenty that either won't do that or will at worst will harm your Christian life. And um, it was, this was sort of back end of 2007, 2008. So a lot was going on um, both economically or was about to go on economically, but also just in terms of the book world, um, Amazon in the UK was just launching um, the the national sort of Christian retailer that the, the main one was hitting some some difficult um, times and so actually the first books I ever bought I bought from them because they were flogging them off uh, at really low cost and I I called them up and I said uh, how many of these three books have you got and they said oh well we're not allowed to tell you how many we've got like oh, right okay <laughs> I said well can I can I can I get a thousand of each and they were like oh well, we don't quite have a thousand of each we've only got 900 whatever and they told me what it was so anyway I bought these three books it was nearly a thousand of each it was just like a few short on each and um I bought them for a pound uh paid on my credit card and I just knew that by the end of the month I'd have had to have sold enough that I could pay off my credit card bill and right. um I sold them in tens you had to buy 10 at a time because that I needed to move them quickly um and so I thought I'd do it in tens and really within a week or two that they'd all gone and that was the start of what is now called 10 of those um it was never there was no website or anything it was just I emailed everybody I could think of it was probably totally against data protection but just emailed everybody <laughs> and I said look pass this on if, if you can use them I've, I've only got so many and uh, once they're gone they're gone and yeah they were gone pretty quickly I think it was sort of 10 12 days or so and then that was really the start because then people said well could you get the author's other book or you know um this sort of thing and began to do it yeah, began yeah. That. that was well, the, the start of 10 of those so after those first three books that you sold uh, to, yeah. and you buy 10 of those what 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 next right did you yeah so they you were buy books another... by Vaughan, yeah there were books by Vaughan Roberts and uh, I think somebody said to me well could you get his other book and it was published by another publisher so that was then the start of me saying oh well I'll, I'll see what they can offer me and so um I went to that publisher and I said look I, I try and buy a thousand at a time could I get a thousand of whatever? I can't quite remember what the second batch of books I bought was, but but it just began to build. So I'd, you know, I, I think I went back to um the place that I originally bought the books and and see to see what else they had on offer. But I just then began to kind of, oh, I've now got 15 books that I could offer. And I don't have a thousand of these, but I got 300 of these and I've got this is my offer type thing. And it just began to build over, I think what was probably 
a couple of months really rather than the following week I had something but um <laughs> I did yeah. have a full-time job as well but um yeah and so then it built and then about probably six months later I thought actually I should get a website and um uh, oh it's terrible the website was horrendous but um <laughs> um uh but yeah yeah that was then just a way of I'd built up a little bit of capital to be able to say well look if, if I built a thousand pound website what could we get and I spoke to a friend and he helped me build it and and it was just yeah it was never intended to be anything more than this is a little sort of side hobby that might do some good in getting out good good books I think at th those early days my idea was this sounds dodgy now because of of what some authors have done since to, that's similar but I wanted to influence the the bestsellers list but in a legitimate way not in a the author buying all the copies kind of way to do it uh which is okay um, more recently but I wanted to make some of the good stuff get to the top of the bestsellers list so that those the good stuff would then sell more that was really the the aim of it um and um uh and yeah that was the start so is that a thing? Do authors do, do authors buy all of their own books? Is that a thing? Um, or are we can we well, not talk if, anymore about that? <laughs> Have we said too much already? Uh, there, there was a famous case of some, uh, an American um, pastor who's been disgraced since, but he did it and he used his royalties to buy them anyway. Yes, it's, it was murky, but what I was trying to do was not murky in any way. But I, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to flag up what was really good. That's what I was trying to do, um, and I've ever since really been trying to do that. We we handpick what we sell, um, and we're really just trying to give good stuff attention by passionately enthusing uh, about it so that more people get it. And the stuff that we're excited about is the stuff that makes much of Jesus. And so, you know, what is 10 of those all about? Okay, it's a lot bigger than selling books from, from my flat now, but what the aim is, is still the same. How can we get as many people across the world, both Christians and those who aren't yet Christians, reading about um, the best person in the world, the Lord Jesus? Um, that's what yeah. we're trying to do. And these are the these are the things that you keep saying now. They're they're still true now, aren't they? They they really yeah. are books that point totally. to Jesus. Yeah, handpicked, faithful yeah. to Scripture. Yeah, I think if if it's people just, come to it's ten no of those, no longer yeah, then it's just no longer kept in my uh, cleaning cupboard under the stairs, which is where the first books were kept. But uh, yeah, it's just grown a little bit. Yeah, uh, so from the cleaning cupboard. Yep. You um, now th there's some kind of story, isn't there, about living in a house with um, another uh, ten of those employee and yeah. working out of the garage and oh, maybe yeah. Yeah, I yeah, feel no, like no, there are police oh, raids yeah. or something involved. Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sort of. Well, so in those early like, so I left youth work um, and then started doing ten of those um, kind of full time and it was really touch and go there were points where i just thought this isn't gonna this isn't gonna work and it wasn't financially viable and it began to change when we got a, a pastors conference in the uk we started doing the bookstore for for that conference and that began then to to turn things around but we've been pretty scrappy all the way through kind of still are really we um uh, so yeah, when we live, Nick, who was a colleague of of mine um, at the time, we lived in a house together, and um, the books were just kept in the garage. But the garage used to be owned, uh, or used to be used, sorry, for um, 
for like growing cannabis and stuff. And I think the landlord was in prison. And so I was out the day he came to visit. And um, anyway, Nick uh, nicknamed him Big Guns because he was this big, big guy who'd obviously kind of seen life from a different angle. And um, yeah, there's been a few like that. We then moved to a slightly bigger warehouse uh, instead of building an office with like stud walls and whatever, we couldn't afford that. We're selling books for uh, for next to nothing. We um, we bought a marquee instead, and because you could buy a marquee for like five hundred quid, and um, uh, uh, and so yeah, we worked out of this tent for three or four years, which was always interesting when you had like new staff interviews and you brought them into this tent. <laughs> so I feel like Abraham here, you know, in the wilderness, but um, uh, yeah, it was all part of, we do things, we want to do things right, um, but we want to do things low cost for the sake of getting more out. And um, yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Yorkshire in England where we're known for being, you know, thrifty, I think is the polite way. Well, you started your first business actually, didn't you? in yorkshire yeah, what, was your, sell, what was your very um, first business yeah used to sell uh used to sell eggs i uh, when i was eight i started a little thing called cracking eggs i'd like to go back to it really one day uh, i'd like to go back to selling free range eggs and um yeah yeah it's fun i've i have no business training whatsoever it's a miracle really that um one i'm dyslexic so i I find reading really difficult. And two, I've no business acumen or kind of training. So it's it's a miracle kind of books go out and the financial books balance really. But um But he, yeah. hearing you talk about it and the you know knowing I mean not many people start their own business at eight. Um and hearing you talk <laughs> I'm not, about I'm not sure we could call it a business. <laughs> I like I've probably sold like 20 eggs a week type thing. But anyway, yeah. Well, but um just hearing the story of how Ten of Those is growing and progressing, how much of it, looking back, can you see the hand of God in um, and how much of it just looks like business, you know, struggles, normal business struggles, normal uh, vision. Yeah. And I, I suppose it, I'm thinking about all these missionary biographies that we sell. You, you look back over a missionary's life and you see the hand of God um, at work at various stages. Um, Oh, unbelievably. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, like we're, our UK office is based in Leyland in Lancashire. And, you know, it's a bit like Nazareth. You know, what, why would you place yourself in Leyland? It doesn't make sense, but the Lord's hand was, was on that decision and it's been a brilliant spot. And, you know, I'd, I'm joking about sort of getting sentimental and whatever, but, you know, if we hadn't have been in Leyland, we probably wouldn't never have met. You wouldn't have been a local minister. I couldn't have rebuffed your um, invite mm. to come and see uh, see me type thing. And but just like little things, God has had His hand on that, and so that meant that we had a friendship. That meant that when things were had gone kind of um, pear shaped, you were there and you you're part of our lives, and we lived with you. Except so, so many times, God, you know, at the time you perhaps think, oh, wow, that's, that, that was a good coincidence, or that worked out right. Looking back, you see, you know, God has every every move. Um, and despite me, I think, you know, God uses us, God uses people, um, but there's plenty of times where I have got in the way, but, you know, his ways are greater than our ways. We, You know, I've made mistakes, I've got things wrong, I've made bad business decisions or bad ministry decisions, um, but God's ways are greater and um, he he achieves what he wants to 
wants to achieve. And I, I'm grateful that we play a bit of a part in that. Um, I mean, mm. even with your time with us, the four years, I'm sure you saw you saw God's hand in things, didn't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, just just being at events, selling books, having pop up bookshops, and just the way that God does touch people's lives and yeah. folk coming with with desperate need, really, and being able to put something into somebody's hand which you know is going to encourage them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think one of my favourites was at Keswick uh, Convention, and um, a girl came into the bookshop looking for a book to give to a friend who wasn't a Christian, and I, f I found the right book based on what she was asking for. And the following year, she came back with her friend and said, this oh, is my friend that I, I gave that book to. And the friend had come oh. to Christ and was now at Keswick Convention and looking for her own yeah. own books. I mean, just uh, yeah, I love it. story after yeah. story, aren't they, really? And I think God has used people as well. I mean, there's there's a there's a good example of how god you used you but he's used other people whether it's they've given advice or they've um you know they've shared something that that's happened in the early days um we we desperately needed some help with getting a vehicle for example um this is amazing because this is this is way back when but the impact was still being felt a, a couple of weeks ago so we needed a van and uh in, in the end, long story short, a customer bought us the van for us. And we've been using it for, I think, nearly 10 years. We've done like 160-odd thousand uh, miles on it. And um, a few weeks ago, we went to sell it. And we were basically able, because of what had happened with, what's happened with COVID and the secondhand um, value, uh, secondhand car value going up, et cetera, we've, we've basically got, enough money to buy another new van um uh to to keep us going you know sold this old one got the new one so this guy came alongside god used him to to buy us a van here we are sort of 10 years later and 100 whatever thousand miles later and kind of god has reused that gift to buy us the next one and just things like that you couldn't make it up really this is it god has just been amazing yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when you gave me a job, you did ask me what kind of car I got. And I said, Oh, I've got an estate. That was it. You're in. <laughs> that's yeah. That's probably that why poor old Volvo of mine friends. scraping along the road <laughs> full of books. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So back to back to the start then. When when did you decide to start publishing? um ah, that was an interesting one because we don't just sell books do you 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 um yeah we we do some publishing it was an interesting one because this is where business and ministry kind of collide in some way one of the reasons we did some publishing was because um we see a shortage of books to give away to those who aren't yet christians so we said okay well let's publish some evangelistic books that um that will fill that gap also just the prices from other people were were really expensive so could we cut out some of the costs that there were and do it cheaper so that was another reason a third reason and you'll perhaps get into the murky world of christian publishing here 
Um, but the main, our main supplier of books at the time didn't like the way that we were operating and said that they would do all that they could to put it out of business. And we were nervous at that point that they could just pull the plug on distributing some of these titles to us and the ministry would then be sunk. So it was also a business strategy of ensuring that we could keep getting out gospel resources if we produced our own stuff and wasn't weren't relying on on third party um so uh, there was ministry um drive but there was also business reason as well and um we we have this phrase we're in business to do ministry and so we've got to balance those two mm. things all the time so yeah we started doing a few in about 2010 11 and uh, and then we were able to um, publish in 2012 a small book by uh, Timothy Keller called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. And that really was a message that had changed my Christian life that I wanted to see in print. But, um, you know, it's a privilege to publish all of the people that we publish. But Tim Keller is obviously a name that's well recognized and puts you on the map and um we've been able to sell a lot of copies of it but it, that's also opened other doors for what we might be able to do publishing wise so um yeah that was 2012 that's when we really got going yeah so and that was the, so, so over those 10 or 12 years what when like what's the scale of it now how, how many books have we published now um I don't know how many we've published. I think it's probably like 150 or so. And then we do tracks and booklets and things as well. Um, and we sell about um, 900,000 units, I think, a year or, or so. Tim Keller's wow. book, we've sold 600,000 over the 10 years. So, wow. Um, yeah. So 10 of those is obviously handpicking the best from across the publishers. That's a, that's a higher number. I think across 10 of those, I think we sell about 3 million books a year and nearly a million of those are 10 publishing. So, yep. Wow. I wish I'd pick something lighter to, you know, books are heavy. So my back definitely <laughs> feels it. But <laughs> Yeah. So it's worth saying that if ever you are in Leyland, uh, now that we've upset everybody in Leyland, Jonathan, thank you for it. <laughs> no, well, I, yeah. um, but if, if you're going through Leyland, it's well worth calling in at the 10 of those uh, shop. It's a shop. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> well, the, the, reason, the reason you couldn't come across what the word it is, I mean, it is just a building. There's not a lot to see other than a lot of books, but um, well, God's been right, very yes. kind, I think. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, yeah, bring your own cup of tea. No, we can get you a cup of tea. That's, um, yeah. And we even have Wi-Fi now. You see, Rob, back in the day, I used to sit in McDonald's car park because I could use their Wi-Fi at no charge if I sat in my car and I was close enough. Now we even have Wi-Fi and we'll we'll give you the guest password. You can get on yourself. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, Jonathan, I've, we do this thing, you know, at the end of the day, high point, low point. I don't know if you oh, yeah. do that with yeah, yeah. children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something, something I want to do more of, but... Um, the high point, low point, what are you thankful for? Yeah, I was going to ask you about your high points and low points over the last 10 years, but when you share about sitting in McDonald's car park, it sounds like a high point. It doesn't sound like you're in looking back on it as a low point. <laughs> yeah, like I probably look back um, and it doesn't feel so low now because we kind of feel like we've moved on from there. I can tell you plenty of nights where I have either been up all night um, worrying or I've cried myself to sleep um, because of 
I don't know, a mistake I've made or a um, pressure I feel under. Um, the, oh, the, there has been some really, really rough times. I mean, the, the US one, we, so four years ago, we we decided to launch in the US, particularly with a drive to, to see two main things happen. Um, the whole church family all across all ages reading and, and then a growth in evangelistic uh, resources. So we got our visa, we came to the US, I popped back for a conference in the UK and then uh, on my return, our visa was revoked, but we'd already sold our house. We'd moved out, et cetera. That, you just kind of think that is a massive low point. Um, we've lost contracts for bookstores where that's been a 50% of our turnover when we were small, say, and you think, well, what is the Lord doing? You think, but there's always been, it, the Lord's followed up. So the following year, we didn't have that conference for three or four years. Actually, our sales were bigger that that those following years without the conference. So God's always brought those high points, but yeah, there's there has definitely definitely been some low points um, and uh, and some grey hairs earned along the way. But um, God is good even even when we can't explain what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you had a sense of God leading you? through through these times uh the fact that we're still going he must have yeah. uh led us i don't I, i'm not sure i'm spiritual enough to kind of um at the time say i definitely can look back and and think the lord has had his hand all the way through and you know i mentioned earlier about the value of getting in people better than myself um he's one provided them but two i can see him working yeah. in them and as they work they influence and impact me um so um i yeah i think there's times where i think jonathan you should be looking more to the lord than you are rather than just getting your head down and working and i guess we all feel we should pray more and we should trust more etc and well that is absolutely true for me um but I feel like one of the things the Lord has helped me with is to be able to look back and see, yeah, I, um, I've seen the, the work of the Lord um, o- over the years. And I probably find it hard to see it right here, right now. But you tell that story of, of the, the teenagers at Keswick. That is mm. the Lord's work, isn't it? And uh, the mm. Lord working both in what you pick and what you recommend um that that it was read and by the work of his spirit that teenager came to the lord that is that is only the lord working there's there's nothing else to it there so yes absolutely he's, yeah he's at work. yeah i'm just there thinking are times about like, isn't there like where you're like is he working is he could he work a bit faster <laughs> could he work harder you know i definitely feel yeah. that yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm just thinking about our chat you know today and anybody listening who i mean i hopefully this is interesting and helpful just to hear about the story of 10 of those um maybe maybe there there will be a lot of people who are (laughs) well there'll be a lot of people who know of 10 of those um certainly here in the uk in the christian world um and when you look at the outside of something it can look one way can't it but um looking on the inside it can be different but i'm thinking about folk who are listening who might be going through their own um, journey at the moment. Maybe it's a different point on a similar journey, yeah. maybe um, experiencing those highs and lows. I don't know. Maybe trying to 
press on in ministry or or just face the day and um and and i just wonder what what you might say to somebody who uh, who resonates with some of the struggle uh, any words of encouragement um we'll oh, start playing the music I, again now yeah, <laughs> I'm just not sure I've got anything helpful to to say and and you know without just becoming really introspective and whatever. I think you just got to I don't know what would I say I'd say if God is good which he is and if God mm. has your best interests at heart which he does and we know how the story finishes because we're told and it finishes that way because of what god has done in christ um risk it all you know put put everything on him um and and however it works out um you you'll be right now that is very easy to say all of those things and I even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, oh right, are you really doing that, Jonathan? Because you you question, you doubt, you you wonder, you are ready to throw in the towel, you know, every other every other moment. But I think, you know, when it really comes to it, if push comes to shove, that that is what we've got to do. We've got to put absolutely everything on it works out if if Christ is number one. So put everything on it. And he does take care of it. Now there's stuff that I don't understand. Um, there's there's things that don't work out or they work out for this person, but they don't work out for the other person. But God has all of that. Well, you know, I, I was at a christening a couple of weeks ago and the, the, the vicar there was talking about a missionary who was trying to translate the Bible into into a language. You know, he he was a missionary in a, in a foreign yeah. land, and he was trying to translate the Bible for them. And he got stuck on the word faith, and he just couldn't find a, a word in their language for faith. So he right. got one of the yeah. elders of the tribe in, and 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 he's trying to work out what is faith. And he sat down on his chair and he said you know, what am I doing? And and the guy said, well, you're sitting, you're sitting in the chair. And then he picks both of his feet up while he's sitting in the chair. He said, what am I doing? Yeah. And he said, you're putting your whole weight on the chair. Uh, yeah. And, th- and that, that is what became faith in their Bible translation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, to yeah. Put your whole weight, put your whole weight on Jesus. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I just, you know, I was thinking of a conversation I had yesterday with a colleague. Um, he's been with us a long time. And I'll be honest, you know, as we talked, I would, you'll, you'll think I'm an emotional guy. Well, probably I am. But, you know, I was in tears as we spoke just about something that we were battling with of how we do something uh, in the company. And really what we were saying is we don't know. We don't know the right way to do it. We think we're doing it right, but we're not so sure. But we're just, yeah, we're doing that. We're putting our whole weight on. We think before God, this is the right thing. Um, And I don't think we can do anything else, really. And he is so gracious and compassionate that if you do that in good faith, 
um, with a clear conscience. I think he honors it. Um, mm. Yeah. But it's not easy. Like the Christian life is harder than anyone can ever explain. At least I feel, I feel like it is. <laughs> so, so keep going. If it feels rock hard, it's that's probably yeah. average. Yeah. Good. Hey, well, I'm looking at, looking at the time. I'm looking at how far we've got and what's left to be said, really. Yeah. It's good chatting um, with you. It's nice. This, we don't get to chat as much as we, uh, used to i miss it no well the way to the way to hang out is to record a podcast and then we can then we can do it but um no i think um i, I hope it's of use to people this is obviously a bit of a background story episode and kind of people catching up with what we're doing and what we're about um it we we don't need to be in mcdonald's for our wi-fi anymore there's a team of i think it's nearly 45 50 people or so um so it is very, it's different to what it used to be, but ultimately that's what we're all about of how do we get more people grappling with the Bible, grappling with who Jesus is and loving him, falling in love with him, but so that they put their whole weight on him. And I hope that kind of over these next sort of this little series that we're doing, um, we can discuss things like what we do and why we do it and what books we read and how people might use them. And I just hope that it is um, not only interesting, more than more than that, but it is useful and spurs people on. That's, that's what we're trying to achieve um, in 10 of those. And maybe this podcast can do that. And if nothing else, then it's just us reconnecting a little bit, which is nice. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you, Jonathan. All right. Thanks, mate.